Welcome back to DEB Sports. I'm Blake Long. With me, as always, the man with the magic guitar, Dalton Corbett. Appreciate and you. my good friend and good ja- lifelong Jaguars fan, Eric Meekum. Woohoo! You already know. What's up, <laughs> we've had a Husky? lot of stuff happen since our last podcast. We've had a lot of, we've had a, we've had a few big things happen. So, it's, Eric, I'm gonna go ahead and pass it on to you. Let you take it away. Yeah, it's been pretty big in the sports world the past couple of days. You know, um, Alex Smith's retirement, um, obviously the unfortunate death of Scottie Pippen's oldest son, um, Antron Pippen. Recipes to him. That's mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. Very sad loss to lose your oldest son like that. Uh, I can't imagine the pain uh, his family's going through. I just hope they can get through this, you know. Um, Anthony Davis is possibly coming back the next couple of days, possibly coming back Thursday for the Lakers. That's a big addition to them. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals uh, getting new drip, you know. The Cincinnati Bengals uh, coming out with the new uniforms, you know. It's pretty good. I'm just kind of pissed they didn't put the grass stains on Joe Burrows that he's going to have for this year, bro. Oh, dude. You still see his scar from his injury, though. That's the funniest thing. Yeah, the thing. Have y'all seen the picture (laughs) where uh, Joe Burrow, his uh, knee was scarred up? Yeah. Where they fought, where. where you get an ACL or where you tear your ACL, they they literally just leave a big ass scar, <laughs> like a long ass scar that's just on your knee, and it was just like the picture uh, when they were doing photo shoots with uh, Joe Burrow, T Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and all of them. Uh, they like somebody like zoomed in on the picture of his knee. <clears throat> Excuse me, zoomed in the picture on his knee. It was just a long red scar, and I'm like. Man, they, it's they, bad. Cincinnati needs insurance, man. Didn't even try and hide it. But yeah, before we get ahead of ourselves, um, I just want to go ahead and start off with our first topic about Alex Smith. Um, you know, his retirement and, you know, get coming out on top with uh, winning Comeback Player of the Year after suffering a really gruesome leg injury, you know, a couple of years ago. Um,. What I've always liked about Alex Smith ever since, um, you know, ever he almost had his leg amputated, it was like, um, you know, guy, like, I, I have so much, I have so much to say, I have so much to release about Alex Smith where it's almost like, cause he, he, he proved himself to never give up or quit on anything in life after, you know, his resilience with, with, with his rehab and everything. It's just, I have so much built up in me with Alex Smith. So if anybody wants to, I can switch it over to Dalton, see if, what he's got his point of views about Alex Smith or well, what did you, you think of Alex him Smith as a quarterback? Because he's a Dan Mullen guy, him and Urban over there at Utah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, he, I think he was a really underrated quarterback for a long time. Um, I mean, he really he didn't carry the Chiefs because I mean the Chiefs were a decent football team, but I mean people forget that he led them to a ten win season I think tw- two or three times, made the playoffs. Um, he had really good seasons with them. He, he like the the injury he came back from. People if people don't haven't done their research on it, it's crazy what this dude went through without the rehab. Like just the injury itself, you know, and then the rehab to get back and even the fact that he even played another snap of football is amazing and, you know, and it's, it's a it wasn't even it wasn't even a, a career threatening it became a life-threatening, life-threatening injury yeah. at, a, at, a, at one stage and he still came back and tried to play the game that he loved you know so 
obviously I love Alex Smith before, but after these past two seasons, if you don't respect the guy, there's something wrong with you mentally. Yeah. You know, I know that that's. I don't think any of us could do that. That that's crazy. And the one thing I don't hit, like, everyone talks about his NFL career. Like, of course he had a good NFL career, but like, I don't feel. I feel like I don't hear anybody talk about his his college career that much. He he led Utah to the undefeated season they had, in what oh yeah. four, oh three or oh four, I can't remember. It was it was one of them, but I. I mean, man, he was a Heisman like, candidate. It, it feels like no one talks about that that much. No, and. The, the dude was good on the 49ers. He was good with the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, and he was good with the Redskins, even though he wasn't even his full self. That wasn't his. That was not the Alex what, Smith that all of us knew. What really, what really, honestly turned around Alex Smith's career was when uh, San Francisco hired uh, Jim Harbaugh as their head coach. Because I noticed mm-hmm. when Alex Smith uh, first started out in the NFL, because we, you can't forget, Alex Smith was the first overall pick in the 2005 NFL draft, and. Right. Noticeable play. Uh, other quarterbacks in that draft as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was included in that draft. So Alex Smith was like, it's crazy to think like Alex Smith was the number one guy because Aaron Rodgers was in the draft. But Alex Smith was legit, man. But a first in a couple of his first few years with the San Francisco 49ers, it didn't really start out well because the franchise was already kind of like in a mess. They didn't really have the greatest. They didn't have the greatest general manager in the league. Uh, Mike Singletary was their head coach, I'm pretty sure, and he just, he was just like one of those like wiry guys that was like, it was, he he was a good fit for a head coach, but was like, you know, was just not made for Alex Smith well in that system, but once, but once Jim Harbaugh went to San Francisco, and he just turned Alex Smith around, and you know, San Francisco was a really good team, you know, like, before Colin Kaepernick went on the Super Bowl run with them, like, 40, 49ers were a legit team back in the early 2010s, in my opinion, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. And um, when, I'm lo- when I'm looking at his stats, his Kansas City form might have been his best form. Like, hey, most I, I honestly, had, I think so. In the seven years he was with San Francisco, he had 14,000 passing yards, and the five years he was in Kansas City, he had 17,000. He had 102 TDs. I mean, and what's cra- what's well, crazy to think is um, was at 65 percent. His career is a 62 percent completion percentage. You know, his, I mean, I his he's underrated. I mean, obviously, they made the right decision. Yeah, by going with Patrick Mahomes. You know, they did. Alex Smith's career with the Chiefs, but, honestly, was that I I think that was probably his best part of his career was his tenure with the Chiefs, honestly. Only, only because he was filling the role with under uh, Andy Reid's offense, and you know he, the couple of year the couple of years he played with Kansas City, like that one year, um, he had Jamal Jamal Charles in the backfield, but he didn't throw a single touchdown pass to any of his rece- to any of his receivers, so it was like Jamal Charles and Alex Smith like just helping each other out with the offense under Andy Reid, and then. Fast forward a couple years later. If we want to talk about later. underrated people, Andy Reid is an underrated coach all time. Like I think everyone thinks he's a great coach now. Oh, Andy! But yeah, all time, he's, he's he succeeded everywhere. Now. Oh, he's Andy Reid's a Hall of Famer. He Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame coach, no doubt. I agree, no doubt. Now with the Chiefs, uh, I was going to ask this earlier. I didn't really keep up. That, that was the era, like the early 2010s, like mid 2010s. Um, that was kind of the era I didn't really keep up with too much. 
Now, did Alex Smith start to kind of, like, did he falter a little bit, and that's why they took Patrick Mahomes, or was Patrick Mahomes such a good, um, like, with such a good? They couldn't get over did? the hump. Uh, okay. Th- that's what it. That's exactly what it was. Kansas City, they could never get over the hump in the playoffs. He went eleven and four in his first year in Kansas City, eight and seven, eleven and five, eleven and four in the nine and six in his last year in Kansas City. God. And what's crazy about some of those years, I'm pretty sure. There was definitely one season where Kansas City they started out like seven and zero. Jamal Charles was I remember that. having an MVP season, and then like they won their first seven in a row. Then they lost five in a row, and then like yeah. they got into the first round of the playoffs against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And if I remember correctly, I'm gonna pull up the score of the Kansas City um, Indianapolis Colts matchup in the first round of the playoffs back in 2013. Mm-hmm. That was the year Andrew Luck made that comeback in overtime, I'm pretty sure. Where they were down, like, almost 20 points. Yeah, they were down by, like, yeah, they were like down, the like... the second largest comeback besides from when the Bills came back in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. By the, I think they were down 25 or 28. That's crazy. You had two... Yeah, yep. Two I was saying, I just like pulled Andrew it up. In, the, in this 2013 AFC wildcard game against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Colts rallied up to turn a 38-10 Chiefs lead into a 45-44 victory. God. The second largest comeback in NFL playoff history. And what was the what was the what was Bills? the one? It's the Bills, but I don't know how to. How oh, it's the Bills and the Houston Oilers. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. If I remember correctly, it was back in like 1992, or something like that. Yeah. So the Houston Oilers were up. 85 to 3 Go. against Buffalo. After they came Houston back? scored on a pick six in the third quarter of their 1993 playoff game. So they just thrown a pick six, Buffalo did, and then came back and won in a playoff game. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so Alex right Smith was. Like we all said earlier, like Alex Smith, was, like he was still. Like he was not terrible at all at Kansas City. They just could no. not get over that hump yeah. in the playoffs. I saw, so once... I'm guessing the answer was. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was too good of a prospect to, to pass up for them, so they just they kind of had to move on from Alex Smith. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll go to LA. the grave saying this: I wanted Miami to trade up and take Patrick Mahomes badly. You got yep, we're gonna have a man named Nick Rock on this podcast one day, and he's gonna be able to vouch for me because we talked about this in a lunchroom table. Mm-hmm. And Miami would be Super Bowl winners right now, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, my gosh. Maybe wow. not, but he is, pretty dang close. We'd be at least be like going to the divisional round every year. Oh yeah, I think I think I think Patrick Mahomes. I think everyone thinks Patrick Mahomes is that good where he could change the franchise had, around. Miami still had a lot of talent. Like mm-hmm. what? We just 20, didn't have a seventeen. Well, we had the problem was we had Adam Gase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Y'all had the guy who leech. literally needs to leave the country. Like I said in the first <laughs> podcast. I forgot about that. <laughs> this dude said he needs to get out of the country. Not even the NFL, the country. This dude said it exiled. <laughs> oh, yeah. Literally has to be exiled. Literally has to be deported. But, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's that's the take on Alex Smith right there. Um, I give him hell of respect as a human being, as a football player. Um, he's had one hell of a career and was probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks, in my opinion. You know, so. and it, it actually upsets me a little bit. Uh, like, I'm happy for the guy. I love Alex Smith. Like, he's he's a great quarterback, but man, he was so close to coming to Jacksonville as a backup. Like he he made the visit to Jacksonville and everything. What's what's crazy is 
I honestly, speaking of Alex Smith, I kind of want to bring this up now. I believe there's still a possible chance because, you know, Jacksonville actually does not really have a quarterbacks coach yet on their roster. We have a passing game coordinator, quote-unquote passing game coordinator. Oh, and it goes under the name by Brian Schottenheimer, uh, the son of Marty Schottenheimer, uh, Hall of Fame NFL coach, probably is like top five in wins, I'm pretty sure. Damn, so, yeah, I, I, I would love to happen if Alex Smith became the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback's coach. Yeah, I would I love for that, that to happen. Too, whenever he retired, like, even if it's not just rumors, that's what that man needs to do is become Dark a QB coach. can't just keep stacking the deck, bro. Yeah, that's true. But speaking of now that we mentioned and uh, talked about Alex Smith's uh, retirement, um, I'm going to go ahead and this – y'all boys want to feel old real quick? Oh, I'm down. Oh. Okay, let me go ahead and exit this out. I feel so old. Wow. So I'm going to give y'all the notable players that we grew up watching since we were young kids that retired this – this past off season, oh, okay. No. So we got Drew Brees. Drew Brees. That one hurts. That one hurts a lot. Yeah. The Can't Pouncy remember. Twins. That one's that one. That, that, one, that, that one stings a lot for your boys. Oh man. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Yeah. Nah. nah. Jason Witten for the second time. Who who was it? I'm sorry. Jason Witten. Man, for the second time. <laughs> Greg Olson. Man, another big one. Antoine Bethea. I don't know if y'all remember him. He used to play free safety for the Colts, um, 49ers for a little bit. He won a Super Bowl with them, I'm pretty sure. The others I remember him because we had to play against him twice a year. But he, he was a decent safety. Uh, Patrick Chung retired this offseason. Oh, yeah. Chung's a big one. Julian Edelman. We talked about oh, that oh, last podcast. Of, oh, man, that should have been like number three or four. Dang. I know, I know. Um, Anthony like Sherman playing. used to play fullback for the Anthony Sherman, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs was literally a built like a built like a bulldog man. Give it a little bit; it's gonna be Richard Sherman. Anthony Costanzo used to play left tackle for the yep. Colts. Colts, yeah. yeah. Donald Penn, Morgan Burnett, Tremont Williams. Yeah, we're starting to get out of my my league of and <laughs> And also, <clears throat> another former uh, Florida Gator, Washington football team, and San Francisco 49er, uh, Jordan Reed, retired yeah. today as well. Dang. He couldn't stop getting concussions. Dang. Dude, that know. sucks. That always sucks, man. And the there's one, a lot the of memory other notable players. That's crazy, too. The one memory so of like, Jordan Reed that stained in my head, bro, is against Georgia when that man tried to dive from the 10-yard line into the end zone and fumbled the ball into the end zone. Oh, no. <laughs> that oh, was no. second year. I remember and that. Th we had six turnovers versus Georgia, bro, and we were still only down like six or seven. Dang. And it was – but I, I, I remember because my dad was at the game. I was watching the uh, game. It was Halloween, and I was watching the game by myself, bro. I was, what, I had to be like 12 or 13. I cried in the living room by myself. <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> and that I'm not like that Notre Dame listen, ended up getting killed by that's, Bama. That's when you know what's good when you get emotional over a football game. Oh, Wait, bro, did you get emotional because of him diving into the end zone? I got emotional. I, I was like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> 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 but the worst I've ever been was the 2009 SEC championship game when Alabama beat Tebow. I remember my dad, I walked out of my room 
and uh, my dad was watching in the living room, and he just sees the tears running down my face. And my dad said that's when he knew he was taking college football way too serious. That was a nine-year-old getting this upset over Dang. football. But <laughs> when Tebow's crying, bro, what am I supposed to do? That's my man. You know, I gotta cry out for him, bro. <laughs> oh my god, dude. I think I think honestly, if you're a true sports fan and you never had a moment where you were actually cr- crying for your team's downs. <laughs> Then you're not a real sports fan, because there was a lots of times I did that for the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. It's always just Espe- kind of, especially it's the year when we drafted though. Blaine Gabbard and we started out and we uh, it was the first rookie matchup between uh, Cam Newton and uh, Blaine Gabbard week three in the 2011 season, mm-hmm. and I was wanting Blaine Gabbard to win so bad because I wanted Blaine Gabbard to obviously be the best quarterback in that rookie draft class, but obviously we know how that fucking turned out. Um, <laughs> And it was a really, it was a rainy day. It was at a uh, Bank of America Stadium, which is obviously Carolina Stadium. Uh, it was oh, really, was the, it was really rainy there. That was the game that flooded, right? It flooded, yeah. Like Gee, literally, oh, play, I remember it now. Most oh, players were taking their back. gloves off. It was so the oh, ball was so slippery. I remember yes. MJ MJD took off his gloves. Like I've never seen MJ MJD take off his gloves ever. And the it was water, just, you could they they showed a camera view of the water like literally pouring out of the stands onto the field. It was crazy. I, no, it was. I remember when Jacksonville lost. I was just so upset because I wanted Blaine Gabbard to be the best quarterback. Man, and I was like yeah, eleven. I was eleven years old at the time, so it was like you know I really looked up to him. And now I just you know I moved on. Obviously, but <laughs> that's what we all have to do. Cried over your team. Too. If you haven't cried over your team or broke something, bro, you're not a true fan. Oh, I broke some. I'm not crying, but I broke It can something. either be depression or absolute anger. <laughs> I think honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think the most ang- the most anger thing I did was when I had oh, so. I remember when I was a kid, I bought a. Uh, I remember Walmart we used to sell um, like off-brand NFL jerseys for like twenty-five dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like nine or ten years old, and I got mom to get me a uh, Walmart Tom Brady jersey. So that was pretty cool. I was like four, in fourth or fifth grade, just rocking that shit around at school, you know, feeling really cool. And fast forward to 2017, uh, the Miles oh, Jack oh, was a down oh, BS call from the refs. Shouldn't ever happen. It was gonna happen sooner or later. Tom Brady has two touchdowns to Danny Amendola later on that game. I go outside. I find that Tom Brady jersey in my dad's closet. I'm just like, you know what? I don't know what made me decide this, but I'm going to throw this in the fire. I'm going to piss on it. <laughs> I was so angry. I was so angry. I just threw it in the fire. And I literally just peed all over the, my Tom Brady jersey. Never. That was the only, that was literally the only day I ever hated Tom Brady. Oh, man. And, and I, he, and Tom Brady's one, Tom Brady is my favorite player of all time. And I pissed on his jersey one but when, time. When something, so like, did you, you can love someone so ahead, much, but when he does something like that to your team, it, it's it's over. It's over. So yeah. did you did you pull for Tom Brady and the Patriots versus uh, the Eagles? No, I pulled for the Eagles. I'm not gonna lie. No, I was pulling for the Eagles. No, no, hell, got, heck, no. That was the oh, I, yeah. I actually did. That was probably the only year I did not go for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Actually, like, can you? I like, was really I happy. I Philadelphia think won. Who wasn't a New England fan. Was yeah. I think I think, I think if any, yeah, was, it was honestly Philadelphia. Yeah. After what happened that game, if you're rooting for New England to win, especially if you're a Jags fan, then that that you, you you're not that's not cool. That's really not cool. 
Hey man, that was I don't care what you say. A lot that, of people want to say, oh, at least we lost to the Super Bowl champs. Now, that don't make me feel no better, bro. Yeah, exactly. If I hate exactly. you, I yeah, don't want exactly. you to win. That's why I'll never understand pulling for conference in, in college football. Like, and especially I, Georgia knowing... does not pull for Florida in anything. <laughs> and if I wouldn't expect them to. So I'm not going to pull for Georgia unless they're playing FSU. That's literally the only school I'll ever pull for Georgia against. I'll pull for Bama 10 times out of 10. So... If it's Alabama or Georgia in the national championship, you got Alabama. Oh, I pulled Alabama. I pulled for Alabama the year they did beat him in that national championship game. And yes, I could care less about Bama because I respect Bama and how great they are and everything. I but they're not like Florida, but they're not like rivals with Florida. They're not like our arch rivals. Like Georgia no, is I mean, like they're, one they're, our, they're one of our biggest rivals in the West. They're not bigger than LSU or Auburn to us because we played Auburn every year up until I think the mid 2000s when we stopped whenever they added it I don't remember who they added into the SEC but they had to make us take away one of our West games and they made you pick whoever you had had the rivalry with the longest so we had to stick with uh LSU and Georgia got Auburn because Georgia and LSU used to also play every year oh yeah that's right I do remember that actually now that I think about it but I hate LSU now more than any other team in the West. I cannot stand them dudes. Especially what they did to us this past offseason, right? Well, they didn't do anything to us. Marco Wilson did everything to us. Marco Wilson Marco Wilson got pissed off and threw a shoe. That's what happened. You don't know you don't understand how down I was, man. You wanna talk about being down bad? Uh, yeah, that that hurt. Also got, what really after hurt that, was bro, I went and got in my truck and or my car and drove straight to my boy clay clay's house and ian was there and as soon as i walked in i just checked my phone and ian had just posted something about nine and shoe instead of nine and two and i was so pissed (laughs) i wanted to go back home so bad i did not even want to see him because he's a west virginia fan so you're just picking fun at somebody else and you know it's me and west virginia has never done anything ever yeah (laughs) except for beat the crap out of clemson in what the orange bowl in Miami, yeah, pretty year. much. Like, and, like, and shout and out they, to my and my uncle Barney graduating from law school there. Oh, true, true. That's true. what and West Pat Virginia's McAfee. done. We can't forget about and Pat, Pat McAfee. McAfee. You can't forget about Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee is probably my biggest inspiration of why we started this sports podcast. Honestly, love that man. Even if he was a Colt, you even can't if he's a Colt, not love that. Still man. love him. And Pat McAfee probably has one of the hardest hits in NFL history on Trinidad Holiday. If y'all have never seen that video, yeah, search for, up Pat at McAfee. Least for a, at least for a punter. <laughs> For, oh yeah, a damn hard hit. Pat Pat McAfee. I think Pat McAfee almost proved that day that punters are people too. You know, punters He's are the people definition. too. <laughs> when you look that up on Urban Dictionary, his picture should be next to it. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it, like Pat McAfee describes everything as a punter and a person. Like punters are actually people, and Pat McAfee proved that. Well, punters are cooler than kickers. You think so? Yeah. I think so. Man, I don't think so because we I, we've had good kickers, man. Jacksonville, dude, with Josh. Yeah, you can Rubin, have Josh you can Rubin. have good kickers. There's nothing wrong. Like you I think, think you, like you think I'm literally gonna say like, like Adam Polish was a better person than Josh Scobie? Heck no, dude. Josh Scobie is a legend. There's a lot of football players who play different positions in high school that end up being punters. But if you're a dude, kicker, that, that you're a is. kicker without a doubt. You wear yeah, the small pads. True. For example, like uh, Marquette King. Yeah. Exactly. Marquette King, like I'm pretty sure Marquette King was pretty much flexed around at other positions in high school. Not many kickers are like that. Kickers are usually unathletic, except they can kick a ball. Now I ain't gonna pull a ninja and say that it doesn't take skill. It takes a lot of skill and it's a lot of pressure to kick a field goal. But 
Punters are cooler to me. Like, personality-wise, every punter that I've ever seen, like, especially for Florida, like, Johnny and Tommy Townsend were cool. Kyle Christie was cool. Caleb Sturgis was weird. He was a kicker. Um, Evan McPherson, kind of weird. You know? Eddie Pinero. Eddie Pinero was kind of weird, but he was a beast, bro. He wasn't better Dude, than Caleb Sturgis. Wasn't Eddie Pinero founded on uh, Instagram? Isn't that how he joined Florida's football team? Was he, so was he founded was, on Instagram? No, so he was. Um, he he posted a video of him kicking a seventy-yard field goal on a practice field, and he was committed to Bama, or he was talking with Bama about committing to them, and then he committed to us. I'll Damn, never that's forget us. We were chanting I a kicker's name. Well. We were chanting a kicker's name during a football game. That's when I knew we were down bad. Eddie, 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 Eddie. I used to hear it on TV, man. That was awesome. Like every, every, I think every Florida fan has had to love Eddie Pinero. You had to, but he would make some of the most crazy field goals and then miss the cheap shots. And like he obviously, I hate to say this, but Eddie, Pin- I don't even think Eddie Pinero exists anymore because I don't know where he's, he's at Bears, right now. He's not on the Bears no more. Yeah, why, where is he at? It, where is where he is Eddie Pinero up to? What what is Eddie Pinero? Yeah, he's to? on the Bears. Bears oh, he's still on the Bears? the Bears? Okay, that's good. He still has a job. At least he's not like uh, one of the Florida State brothers, um, Roberto Aguayo. Sorry, ass. He went 23 <laughs> for 28 in 2019. Dang. Oh, that's he not bad. In, he didn't play in 2020. Was it because of COVID? Mm, I don't think so. Huh, okay. I, didn't, I, I swear I thought he played in 2020. Okay. So he is still on the Bears. He As a, okay. For Oakland. He got he signed with Oakland, and then he signed with the Bears in 2019 after Cody Parkey had the Oof. double doink. Oh uh, yeah, the double doink, the double doink, man. I can't. Oof. I will never forget about that. <laughs> that probably just ripped out Bears fans' hearts out of their places. Honestly, I don't know what I'd do in that situation. If if uh. the Jaguars did that, I really don't know how to react to that. You know what? Spe- speaking oh, of the a, Jaguars, he had a groin injury in 2020. That's oh, okay, that speaking sense. of the Jaguars, I was going to go ahead and bring this topic sometime soon. Um, y'all know Dalton and Blake. You know how the last podcast we talked about, um, so uh, so on so forth. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, quote unquote, um, whatever you, the hell you want to call it, uh, commitment to football. He released yeah, a yeah. statement. Um, he he tweeted a few tweets on April 17th. So this is about three days ago. Um, he finally came out and said, this is his first tweet. It seems as if people are misreading my sentiment. I am eternally motivated. I love football as much, as much or more than anyone. It is a huge prior priority in my life. Obviously I am driven to be the best I could be and to maximize my potential and to win. I have a lot of confidence in my work ethic. I love to grind and to chase my goals you can ask anyone who has been in my life. That being said, I am secure in who I am and what I believe. I don't need football to make me feel worthy as a person. I purely love the game and everything that comes with it. The work and team, the ups and downs. I am a firm believer in fact that there is a plan for my life and I'm called to be the best I could be at whatever I am doing. And then at the end, he said, thanks for coming to my TED Talk, LOL, with the hand-praising emoji. So, Dude, he had nothing to apologize for or explain. He, he, it was a straightforward comment that people took way out of proportion. Yeah, at no so point it, was I worried about him not but being the, committed the only to reason, The only reason why it was um, really 
worrying is because he's coming to Jacksonville and Jacksonville, like, you know, they want someone who's really committed to save the team, but like, there's no worry. You don't need to worry about Trevor Lawrence. Like we already said in the last podcast, he's been the number one guy since high school. Yep. Um, he knows what he's doing and he's aware of his, you know, he's aware of himself, you know, like he's, he's saying like what, what he was talking about was, you know, football's not everything in life, you know, like in life you, you have these big goals that all you want to do is just keep going higher and higher and higher and not stopping. Like, and football and football is not forever. Everybody knows that football is not a forever thing. You're not going to play Unless football for your entire life. You have a whole nother life ahead of you. And that's what he was leading to is that there's a lot more goals that are more important in life than just succeeding in football. Like, yeah, football could be a bonus, you know, you could win Super Bowls. You could go to the Hall of Fame. Those are big achievements. But what he was saying, there's a lot more better and bigger and stronger achievements in life than just football. Exactly. So that that's dude, what that's what the point. That's what was the point that he was trying to point out to. Yeah, exactly. That dude. It, it was a. It was a personal statement that he made. It, it made me feel better about the guy. Like I, I, I got some confidence. Yeah, and out of with actually. that, and with those, yes, I, I definitely agree, Blake. I definitely agree with that. With those tweets coming out, that made me that I was already comfortable with it anyway. Like it made me mad. I apologize to saying whatever I said to his dad on last podcast. Like that was probably uncalled for. I was probably a little bit mad when Trevor Lawrence said that. Maybe I was probably a little guilty for that. But ever since he came out with those statements, I was like, all right, yeah, we're good. And also, with that being said, here this is another tweet that he tweeted out the day after that, two days ago. Thank you at Jaguar fans. Tag them on Twitter. We really appreciate the wedding gifts and donations for charities of our choice. In addition to the donations, Marissa and I will also be donating $20,000 to charities at Jacksonville. Thanks again. We hope to be a part of your community soon. With the hand praising emojis. I really hope the league doesn't find a way to be like, oh, you guys are uh, tampering before. That, the, yeah, the yeah that, that almost are, uh, is, honestly. That's... In. That's damn near almost tampering. Like, boy, that would backfire. But he said, but he said, we hope the the keyword is drafts around. Like, you you can't. You, it's not like he can choose to get drafted by them. That's true. Like, they still have to draft them. They have the number one pick. That's why I don't think it's tampering. Exactly. If they have, if they have in their mind, that's the guy they're gonna pick. How how bad is that? Because it's not like he's a free agent, and you're talking to him before free agency starts. That's that's tampering. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I think I don't think it's tampering. I think it's crazy that y'all sent him a freaking. And I, I remember the, the news actually, or when it when it broke, when the news broke, I remember seeing that people were upset with comments he made before I saw his comments, and I was like, I started getting real worried. I was like, Oh God, hang on, what did he say? Oh God, oh God, I started freaking out. I thought he said something real bad or something, and I read it, and I was like, Why are people upset with this? It's a it's a straightforward statement that don't even like implicate himself as a bad guy. Like it. He again. I just saw it as a good comment. Like, hey, the dude, the dude's making his own statement. He's free to say what he wants to say, and you guys like blew that way out of proportion. I, I think it made him look better. I think that every sports fan reacts, overreacts to everything. Yeah. I I can say I'm definitely one of those. Like when I whenever I'm in the stadium in the swamp, bro, and we go down 14 points, I won't lie. I'm not optimistic. 
<laughs> I, I, am, I can vouch for that. I brought Blake to a game versus South Carolina. We were down 17 points. I said, I ain't going to lie, bro. If they score again, I'm leaving. <laughs> and we ended up coming back and winning the game. I didn't give up, baby. I'm not even a huge Blake never fan. Gave I didn't up. give up. Um, I'm, oh, very, I'm very unoptimistic, pessimistic, I think is the word. Um, I get down really easy. But after as soon as the game, it starts whenever rolling I look downhill, at stuff, you are you are ready when to I start, start a riot. You remember the you remember the Florida Georgia game, bro? Whenever they went up fourteen nothing, oh yeah, the I exact words I said in front of my dad, which I don't cuss in front of my dad. I said this is the exact same shit as last year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna kill me. I was really worried for my life that game. Dude, you don't understand. I take that stuff way too serious. Like if Miami <laughs> loses, bro, like I'm kind of like, oh, it's, it is what it is. If Florida loses, I'm hurt. Like I'm I, my day's ruined. My weekend's ruined. It just makes my weekend terrible. And then I know I'm going to go to work and someone's going to say something. Because now my manager's a Michigan fan. And she always talks crap about Florida. No, she She, talks crap about Florida a lot. Okay. Me and Don are the opposite. It's because I've talked crap before. Whenever we beat Michigan in the, uh, uh, the, was it the Sugar Bowl? Cotton, no, what was it? It doesn't Chick fil A Peach Bowl. Michigan, man. We beat the crap out of Michigan. Oh, yeah, it was the Chick fil A Peach Bowl. It was in Atlanta, Georgia. I remember that. Yeah. They're a I good went in the team, next day. I was man, like, what? they can't do nothing. Because whenever, whenever the bowl schedule got released, she came out. So she came like I, I just got done serving a table, and I go back there, and she just came in, and I'm making, I'm making a drink at the drink station, and she goes, "You know what happens every time Florida plays Michigan, right? Because they we hadn't beaten Ooh. them yet." <laughs> and I said, "Uh huh, I know what happens. Just wait till you see what happens in a, whatever the date it was." And, oh um, my god! She, uh, wow. I, I would, I did not let that one go. I did not, and oh, I still don't man. let it go because oh, I have man. I have bragging rights right now. So. How, how long ago was it? Was that 2018? 2018. So uh, since 2018, I bet she hasn't stopped thinking about it because of you. Oh no, she's waiting. She's waiting. <laughs> Michigan is never going to change. You should tell her that. With you should tell her Michigan's no. not going to change their culture. They're just going to keep Jim Harbaugh for the rest of their lives. They're going to go uh, six of four every single season. For the next twenty years, like they're not gonna, they're gonna be pre-ranked in the top ten every single season, and they're gonna fin- come out on top of six of four every single season. Harbaugh's just not a good college coach. I, I just don't yeah, think he's a good college coach. yeah, yeah. No, that's I was, I was, I like, I don't know why, but I was about to say, I just don't think he's a good coach overall. But he, he did do good in the uh, in the NFL. I think he's just he did all right. He wasn't like when he lost the when he lost the locker room. That's when it went downhill. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's just too hard on the damn kids, man. Nah, I'm just kidding. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is about big games for him. Big games, he just shuts down. Immediate shutdown. He can't beat Ohio State. They haven't. What, when's the last? Michigan hasn't beat Ohio State in over a decade, I think. I think. Yeah, I, I feel like I remember reading. Uh, oh, you reading call the fact and you call always mentioned her, Don. Always mentioned about the uh, Michigan State comeback when Ooh. Michigan Ooh, yeah. could just punt Trust it out me, of bounds. I brought it out. I don't know. That's, Michigan, Michigan say, State that just ripped violent. the hearts out of Michigan fans, bro. She might start. She might go into a blood rage and start beating everybody down if she thinks about that. Oh yeah. All right. So they haven't beat Michigan. Has not beat Ohio State since 2011. But in the past, since 2004, Ohio State has won every game but one. Wow, God. that is insane. God. Okay, okay. Since since I feel bad for Michigan fans, I say we move on to the next topic because I'm start like I don't get me wrong, I don't like Michigan. Nah, screw start, Michigan, bro. I'm starting to feel bad for them. Nah, they, <laughs> okay. they talk a lot of crap, bro. They talk all this crap every year about how they're gonna be the next big thing. They're gonna win the Big Ten. They're gonna make the yeah, college football okay, playoff. Can, yeah. And then they lose to Michigan State. They're gonna get their tail beat by Ohio State, and they're gonna probably lose to somebody like Purdue. 
Or freaking um, come out every week, and they're like, Rutgers, "Where's Michigan? Where's Michigan? Where's speak, Michigan? You got, you got Oklahoma rankings. in seven. Where's Michigan?" Yeah. Speaking of rankings, since we're talking about rankings now, I actually had that next topic coming in mind. Um, so, me and our producer Nathan Dowie, we were talking about it last night. We were, and we were just, you know, just going over some old stuff or going whatever we, we were going to talk about next podcast or whatever. And he brings up, he's like. Who do you who are you gonna predict as your preseason rankings? I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I hardly know who's gonna be the new quarterback for Bama. Or I know I know the quarterbacks who's gonna play for Bama and Clemson and all that. But every time I look at preseason rankings, like every other source just has them different. You know, ESPN, um, they'll have like Bama, Georgia and Clemson at top three, and somebody else will have like Ohio State at one, and like Georgia at two, and like Bama at four. It's just it's just a mess. So yeah. I was gonna go and steal a source of my top five rankings, or um, just steal it for somebody else. But I'm gonna have to come up with my own and like just be my own leader instead of being a follower for some other like scam sports websites because we're the only legit sports podcast out there. Yeah. Nah, I'm just the kidding. Only legit. Only <laughs> only legit. Only legit sports podcast <laughs> out in the world. Um, so this is going to be my top five preseason rankings. Um, this is just a, my guess. Um, my, so, here, so here it is. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Clemson. Three, Ohio State. Four, Georgia. And five, Texas A&M. And that, that's just my, my preseason top five. That's going to change in, like, in August or September, maybe. Uh, I have Bama and Clemson in, top two, in the top two. I'm only going to talk about them because the quarterbacks they're going to play with. Um, Clemson, they have DJ Ugalele stepping in as their quarterback, and Alabama has Bryce Young stepping in as well. And if I remember correctly, Bryce Young was the number, was one, number one quarterback. quarterback recruit he was the number one quarterback recruit, and DJ Ugalele was the – he was at least top three, top five in the class of 2020. So whatever you saw, so nothing, honestly, nothing is going to change from Alabama to Clemson. I think those two teams could pro- possibly They're still rolling, make early, good. early, early prediction. It could still be a possible national championship matchup, Clemson, Alabama, um, only because the quarterbacks they have playing, you know, and they they never fail. They've always got something up their sleeve. Like even when they're even when they're the underdog, very rarely when they're the underdog, they still like when when people are like, oh yeah, they yeah, they lost all their people. Alabama Alabama ain't gonna be the same. They they're still the same. They're still the same. They they come back and they overcome. Oh no, yeah, that's the, same, the thing. Same like you, story, you know, different year. Yep. The also play the um the players that are coming out in this year's draft for Alabama. You know they they're gonna have like six or seven players draft in the first round. But what's crazy is, yep. you know, Flor- like Flo- like Florida, for example, we're losing a lot of players to the draft. You know, we have Cut- we have Trask, in. Pitts, Tony, Grimes. Um, that's all I can think of right now. But you know, you when we lose those guys, it's like the ball. if we lose things on the defensive side of the ball, that's a good thing right now. Wish we could lose time. When we, but the th- but the difference is with us and Bama. When we lose players like those, like a talent like Kyle Pitts, like that's going to be hard to find, honestly. But with Alabama, it's okay for them to lose Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, 
Because they're just going to have those guys that are just like them coming back for them next year. Like Bryce Young is probably going to be a better quarterback than Mac Jones. The thing about college football is once you've established yourself as a program that can compete, not in your conference, but compete on the national level, like you're always in the college football playoff or you're always right outside of it and you're winning 10, 11 games a year, you reload because kids want to come play for you. They want to play. Exactly. Kids want to play for winners, and kids want to play for people that get them to the NFL. And that's exactly what Alabama and Clemson do. That's what Ohio State does. You know. I know. That's why all these small I, schools, whenever they have a good year, like Cincinnati's not. They're not an insanely small school, but in comparison to every other Power Five team, they are a small school. You know, they're a Group of Five that's team. That's true. They they literally had one of the best years they've ever had, and one of the best they had one of the best seasons in college football last year, and still didn't make the college football playoff. Because they're just yeah. not taken seriously, and it would take oh, man. 10, I didn't know they, I didn't 15 they had years. I thought they did. I don't know why. No, no, uh, no. They, they, they were talking. They was talking about it. But honestly, I think they should have. I think they should have thrown them in over. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to say you should have thrown them in over Notre Dame though, because Notre Dame did beat Clemson in the regular season, and then they yeah, put they Clemson did. in. You know, it's hard. It's that's what that's why I think they need to kind of expand it. But I'm also at the same time as a college football fan. I think one of the reasons why I love college football so much is every game matters. Like every game matters in the NFL and everything, but not as much as college football. If you lose one game, that could ruin your season. Oh yeah, it, exactly. it's, it's a higher chance of because the because the NFL you because the NFL you could go nine and seven and still have a chance of making the first round of the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like some teams have proven that. If you in win nine football, games in college football, you'll get a good play or you'll get a good uh. You'll get a good bowl game. Bowl That's game. You'll it. get a really good bowl game if you get nine wins. If you well, the bowl games if are you lose, extinct, I feel like because no one wants to play in them no more. Well, if you're a good like Washington. for example, like for example, Florida was honestly one. Of, Florida was probably one of the best teams in college football last year, but with having three losses, that break that brings you down quite a bit. You know, like that that automatically like takes you out of the college playoffs. When you got teams like Ohio State and Notre Dame that are going against nobody, and they're ranked so high in the preseason, like when Notre Dame is like already the fifth ranked team in the country, and they're playing against a bunch of nobodies, or Ohio State's playing against a bunch of nobodies, they're not going to move them anywhere. They're not going to move them any lower on the list. They're just going to keep them in the same, or they're going to move them up in the college playoffs. You know, I want to I get you guys' opinion on something real quick. I was going to say it earlier. Uh, I was gonna make a joke about Washington going what seven and nine and being a first seed, so I want to compare that to the college. Well, they weren't a first playoffs. seed; they just won their division, so they well, get. Yeah. Well, they yeah, 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 yeah. They're first. Yeah, that's what you meant. I knew what you meant, though. Yeah, that's so, what Blake meant. They're first place in their division. Yeah. Yes. So with that, do you like compare that to how the college football playoffs are set up? Do you all think they should expand it? I think they should expand it to six games. I think four games is too low. I think six would be perfect. Give the first, I, I give the so first too. two teams a first round bye. First two teams a first round bye, and then let the other four teams play it out. Just because that that would be. I think perfect. eight's too much. I think eight's too yeah. much. Eight yeah, is yeah, way yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Way I I agree with that, Mister. I think with, I, agree with that. I think with eight six, is way too much. You keep the you keep the like the integrity of college football's regular season it is the most unique regular season in all of sports. But it, it also it. It makes it to where teams that tried their hardest and played the best they could, like Cincinnati, who who we were just talking about, who like arguably should have been in the playoffs, it gives them a chance to be in the playoffs instead yeah. of just okay, guys, who do we think should be in the four? Yeah, go ahead and throw, go ahead and throw um 
Go ahead and throw them in. Throw them in. Let them get their shit waxed by Alabama. Okay, or let them get their shit waxed by Clemson or Ohio State. And we then we don't have to hear about them. in 2017. See how that went. Oh, my gosh. I pray. I pray. <laughs> I, just, I just... And now I they would, think that just because they got Gus Miles on, they're just going to go back up to the top, acting like Gus Miles on some difference maker. That dude's a bum. You know, <laughs> I, I've guy. always... I honestly... He's head coach. Oh, okay. You know, before... You you were talking about UCF, right, Dalton? Yeah. Yeah, UCF. With um, that being said, I used to have, like, I I used to have huge. I mean, I still have respect for U UCF and their fans. You know, it's a good school. It's in a good area. Couldn't complain about it too much, but UCF fans look so fucking silly. Claiming themselves that they could have been national champions. If you're a UCF fan and you think y'all could have been national champions, stop. You, you look you looked so fucking silly back in 2017. You Put literally yourself just in the SEC or the Big Ten. I bet money you don't have a winning record. And it was it and what was and honestly, what made it a lot worse? What made it a lot worse was when LSU lost to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl against them. No, LSU beat them. Yeah, they did. Wait, LSU, LSU won? Beat them. Cause, cause no, they wrote, they wrote on no, the whiteboard. No, they, they, lost, like the, they lost to Auburn. LOL. They lost to Auburn the year that Auburn beat Bama, and then Bama won. So they were like, oh, well, we were undefeated. We beat Auburn, who beat Bama. It's like those freaking threads oh, on Twitter. The, oh, you see, LSU did win that game. You see your, those threads on Twitter like, oh, uh, yes. I, LSU, I was, okay, that's my, that's my apologies, people. I'm very sorry about that for that false statement. <laughs> you're about to call made. yourself stupid. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. No kidding. I am very sorry about that. So the worst part of all of, of UCF's championship run was that they didn't decide it was enough for them to be to be crowned national champs. They wanted to attack the SEC as a, a overrated conference. They wanted to go so far as to say it's it's a privileged conference and say everyone in the SEC, we can beat people in the SEC. It's just they get all the coverage and and whatnot. But if you get thrown in that in that conference, you're done for. They beat Auburn without Auburn's best offensive threat, who was a thousand-yard rusher that season, who was out playing out that game, and they had two or three defensive starters out, not by choice but by injury. Like, bro, you could—they could not play a twelve-game SEC schedule. They couldn't. Even, no, even oh, they could. The I still feel like it could be a challenge. I do like they, the higher their new Vanderbilt. head coach, though. I don't think Gus Malzahn's a good coach, personally. You don't think so? No. I mean, but well, well, we're about to find out if he is or he isn't. Yeah, that's what we're about to find out. If he is a good coach, then UCF is going to be a good team, I think. Yeah, but, but they don't play nobody. Exactly. Exa them. I know, but what I mean is that if they go ten and one in their conference the next four years, then oh I yeah, think yeah, he's yeah, doing the, the offer. For go them. over the offer real quick. I love that. Okay, so Florida offered UCF. I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna look it up just to make sure. No, um, I think you're all right because I looked it up a while back. So I wanted to go over and make sure it was two, sure two before I left. It was a, it was a, an, uh, a neutral spot, and then Florida also wanted a home game versus them. And um, they want to play. They said so bad. no because they said that they deserve more than a neutral site game. They deserve a home and home. So after they fucking rejected that, Florida made a deal with USF at a home and home. Because I mean, they were being bitches about it. You want to, you want to, you want to be a big boy, then take what you can get. Yeah. And prove us wrong. Yeah. 
Now, Lord, Lord forbid UCF had come to Florida and beat them. I, I'd give them respect. I'm honestly glad but Florida there's no, the, them Florida doesn't have LSU. anything to prove to stoop down to, to UCF's level and play UCF. If, if you want to jump up no. and play big teams, then work for it. We play a hard enough schedule without them. When you when you play a bunch of pancake schools. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So it was a two for one offer. It was two homes at Florida and then one to the other. Yeah, to, that's what, that's what at, I thought. I, I thought something didn't sound right about it, but um, and they declined it. Yeah. 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 That that's that's sickening, that, honestly. And then they tried to attack us for that. You have, you that, see that's just that's just McKenzie them being Milton. scared and not exposing. They're just trying not to. They're just not trying to expose themselves. You know. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, you still have your you still have your one home game. You still have your chance to 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 nut up and prove yourself. And shoot, even if that fails, you still get two more tries. It's gonna be harder, McKenzie but you still Milton, get two more tries. The quarterback for UCF who fucked up his leg, um, and is starting to make a comeback. He just transferred to FSU. Um, saw saw a meme where in the um the Peach Bowl, Florida had a sign on the sideline. And we put, uh, I think we put SEC rules or something like that, or SEC on it. And someone photoshopped it to, we want UCF. And Mackenzie Milton commented on it and said, no, you don't. Florida should be coming to us if they want two for one. We're the better program. Yep. So. Oh, you got to be careful what you say sometimes because karma could be really out there to bite you in the ass. <laughs> Remember that. If that they, ain't true. That, that team. It's the same thing as what's going to happen in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to have two or three good years. They're not going to be able to keep up in recruiting, and they're going to fall off. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a never-ending cycle. Boise State did it for a while. Um, I mean, there's just a list of teams, of group of five teams, that will play really well for about season and a half, two seasons, maybe three, if they're lucky. And then they'll get killed in a bowl game, or they'll win one bowl game luckily against a team that they shouldn't beat. And then they'll think they're on top of the world, and it's not how it is. That's not how college football works. You gotta beat the best with the best week in and week out. That's to why make the big demands. Ten. The, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so with that with that topic being said, um, I've been thinking about this for the past five minutes. Um, so I'm guess this happened about. I'm pretty sure last night. Um, Nike, unfortunately, and or Kobe Bryant's estate agent, I'm pretty sure. Um, his estate agent and Nike just ended what was nearly a two-decade deal. So I my get my guess on what that means is: does that mean that you can't make Kobe's anymore, or like That's exactly what that means? So and it kind of sucks because my I have I have a couple of statements. My most my most important statement on this is um I don't know how something like this happens because you feel like a per a player and a person like Kobe, what happened to him and his daughter is obviously the one of the most tragic things to happen in sports and human history. Um. Like how how does something like that end? You know that like that's like that's like that's like Jordan and Jordan like just like saying like no we're not doing this we're not going to be branded together anymore we're done we're done that's that's basically right. what it looks like now 
what should and what it should have been that Kobe like ever ever since that accident like like Nike should be like we're we're gonna be we're gonna have a lifetime deal for Kobe Bryant and his family. Well, like how like I, how like how, how does something like that happen? From what I read, Vanessa Bryant, his wife, and Kobe Bryant's estate elected not to renew. It wasn't that Nike wanted to renew or didn't want to renew; they elected not to. Don't know so, why. Okay, so okay, so Miss so Miss Vanessa Bryant did come out to nike or so apparently okay okay so now what i'm reading is apparently like they almost ended a couple years ago apparently or they were trying to get out of it a couple years ago but it just they were still in the talks of it and i guess this was finally like the last straw and i guess you know kobe's no longer a part of nike anymore so and, and it's kind of weird because you know there's a bunch of kids out there you know that bought a bunch of Kobe's a lot, a lot of Kobe's are owned Kobe's are worn to play basketball you know most most people looked up to Kobe and you know it just sucks you know because you know there's probably never gonna be another Kobe shoe that's gonna be made you know it it just, it just sucks you know because you know time's gotta move on we all gotta go forward at some point you know we can't ever go back in the past so the, it just sucks I think it sucks. But it, it it is what it is. Yeah. So. But, oh, okay. Vanessa Bryant says, I was hoping to forge a lifelong partnership with Nike that reflects my husband's legacy. Bryant said to cap off her statement. It just moved my screen on. We will always do everything we can to honor Kobe and Gigi's legacy. That will never change. And, and that's awesome because, you, you know, I, I, and with that being said, I, I'm still, like, sad that, like, Kobe's gone, you know, like it just sucks. And what's worse is it, it, it won't go away. Like it, it really does. Like when you have certain stars, not to diminish them or anything, like some stars like, man, that sucks that they're gone. But like when it's big people like Kobe. Well, the and- thing was with, with Kobe, um, Kobe, there's, okay. So I'm gonna go a little off topic here. Um, we we are like what's what's the number one sport around the world really it's really soccer right realistically it's probably soccer soccer is the number one sport around the world second right behind that is basketball okay there's only a few players that are like mentioned around the world because you know you know only really only us people in america really witness american sports but basket but basketball and soccer could be played like internationally. internationally like if you go to europe no NFL football is going to be played over there because, like, they don't want they don't play football over there. They play football. They play football, <laughs> and with basketball being the sport right behind soccer, you, for example, with soccer players, you look at Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, Mbappe. You look at their Instagram followers, and you see like Neymar has like two hundred million followers. Cristiano Ronaldo has the same. like they all have like a hundred to two hundred million followers on yeah. Instagram. And with basketball players like LeBron, LeBron, I think LeBron has like almost a, like I need to check, but I'm pretty sure LeBron has at least fifty million followers on Instagram. So what I'm saying is with Kobe, everybody i had to break i had to let that out with kobe being such a high status person and basketball player around the world that's what affected everybody was kobe was one of the greatest basketball players of all time 
and probably even a better person and a dad. Especially with the with the hashtag girl dad coming out with his death. That made like a lot of dads like really support and make made them get closer with their daughters because Kobe made it look Kobe made it look really cool to be a girl dad. He made it he made that shit look so fucking awesome, but just was just being a girl dad. And what Kobe did around the world for a but you know, just a bunch of even just a bunch of kids just looking up at him was amazing on the podcast i'm back though so 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 you missed that whole statement dalton i, I didn't miss the whole statement I i'm missed, just kidding i'm just i'm just messing with you i'm just messing, with you. I'm just messing with you but yeah that 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 it just sucks that nike and kobe uh had to come to a deal like that it's still you know it's still a little pain but we all gotta go on we all gotta go forward in life so yeah you know i mean I know we've all talked about this, at least like in our personal lives. I know we haven't talked about it on the podcast, but everybody, at least every single one of my friends that at least looked up to Kobe or watched Kobe play or knew how much of an impact he had on the world, they remember exactly where they were when he when the news broke. You know, I was playing video games with Blake. No, 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 I was, no, 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 I, I, you weren't because I, I, I remember where I was actually. I, I promise you I was because no, we were playing I, I a Rocket you. League. We're going to straighten this up. I promise you. I promise you. You got to listen to me. I was on a hospital run at the prison. And I remember it was me and uh, me and another officer. We turned on the news. And the first thing that came up, it was the news and coverage all day of it. We were like, well, because at first, like, we heard that an accident happened. And then we heard that yeah, that Kobe and his daughter had passed away. And we were like, wow, that like we the entire time we were talking about how crazy that was. The ride home we were talking about how crazy it was. I I promise you that's where I that was. Did I might have been playing with Clay? Yeah, you may have been playing with someone else because because I know for a fact that day I was I was at the well, hospital. I've been telling everybody I was playing with you. And I was watching you, on the so. news feed the whole time. So do y'all do y'all exactly remember the exact day and exact time? So y'all remembered the exact day, exact time when that happened and yeah. y'all's react. I saw it around like eleven o'clock. I I, I remember. So do do, do y'all do y'all have stories where y'all like exactly remembered it? Cause I walk, exactly I, remember mine. I was going on Instagram because we were playing. I think I was playing Rocket League with Clay then, and I was going. I was on Instagram just between games, and I see TMZ reported. I'm like, yeah, because okay, well, this has to be BS. Yes, 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 I mean, yes, TMZ yeah. reporting it, and they just initially reported that um, Kobe Bryant has involved been involved in an accident. And they're like, oh dang man, it was like the same reaction when Tiger got in his accident. Oh man, prayers up for him. Hope he's better. And then the real. I was speaking of that. Right. I didn't. I didn't mean to cut you off, Blake. No, you good. good. I was finished. Um, (laughs) Speaking of, you know that's you know that's how Vanessa Bryant found out. Was TMZ reporting? TMZ reporting on Twitter. That's gotta suck. And then got the nine one one calls. Like I I was about to say, I I never want a call like that. But I know for a fact, I want a call before I want a news outlet reporting. Exactly. But you know. But you know why? But honestly, but T- but TMZ doesn't give a single fuck. They just want the money. T- TMZ don't give a shit. They they don't give a shit about anybody. Honestly, if I had yeah. to be really honest, with you, TMZ doesn't. They don't give a shit about anybody. They don't. They're they're the shadiest news outlet ever. You know why? You know care. why TMZ the TMZ was. You know why TMZ was the first uh, news to report it was because there was, or there was like a sheriff or something taking pictures. There was a video right? already taken, and TMZ probably offered the dude a lot of money for that video. Yeah, and, and they got, didn't put he, the video I, I out there. They just released the. They just released the headline. Uh, 
Kobe Bryant killed in a helicopter accident. I remember seeing it that day. And everyone and I'm thought like, it was fake. I remember thinking it was fake. I was like, oh, this, mm-hmm. this. Oh, I real. thought it. I thought it was the fakest shit ever. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, because we all see fake shit on the internet now. Yeah. Like, because we're, because with this time of day now, and the time we live in, we're all so Social like focused on our phones that we see a bunch of fake shit on the internet every day. And with that, when I seen that, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what kind of sick fuck posts that? Like, you have to be an asshole and sick in the head to do that yeah but and like, a couple you're like Dang, this is kind of fake. detailed like I, like whenever i saw it was like a helicopter crash like i mean usually they just say yeah. kobe bryant dead and whatever they don't say like a helicopter crash or anything. yeah like, so nor- like the, nor- the normal death for safari. somebody like that would be like car accident heart attack yeah. overdose like yeah. some well, like well for kobe i mean that was his form of transport you know yeah he always flying he didn't like traffic so yeah, yeah. respect to the legend you know yeah, i was walking out there and out. telling my dad man and i was I, my dad was sitting there watching pawn stars and he's sitting <laughs> in his chair and i said dad i think kobe bryant just got in a helicopter crash i think he's dead and um he was like are you serious i said yes sir and my mom walks out the room and she said what are y'all talking about and i was like i think kobe bryant just died and like we all just sat in there and we were uh and we were all looking it up on our phones and whenever it like really got released, I went and got off. I went and turned off. I told Clay or whoever I was talking to, I'm pretty sure it was Clay if Blake was at the hospital, then on a hospital run or whatever. But I said, hey, bro, I, I, I'm getting off. And I just sat in my room. And I was like, dang, because I played basketball. Eric played basketball. Um, if, you, if you're a basketball player, you have heard his motivational speeches. I had them on a YouTube playlist on my phone that I would play before games. Um... The dude was an inspiration to basketball players, and he is going to continue to be an inspiration to basketball players, but to not only basketball players, but to men and show them how to be a dad. And, and, and women, too, because he, he and incur- like, he, he, he honestly. A lot of single women are still going to look up to him, too. A lot, like, a lot of, um, that, that's why the reason, one of the reasons why the WNBA has gotten popular recently, or more, not as pop, they're not really like the most popular thing in the world but they've gotten they've gotten a lot of popularity with kobe passing away because kobe only had Gigi. daughters and Gigi was a beast Gigi they was talk, a they were talking about how monster. she was gonna be an insane basketball player you know and i remember and a single go ahead blake one thing that killed me was it was i can't remember what event it was um when jordan was talking about it and like Jordan was getting real emotional. It, it was the, at, it at was at, I, I don't think it was the, the, uh, I forgot what it was called. The they memorial. were doing some NBA event and it was like a week after he passed away. And it was like hearing Jordan talk about it and getting emotional. It killed me on the inside. I've never been like a huge NBA fan and it still broke my spirit so bad. If you know anything about Michael Jordan, he does not get upset unless it's serious. And that whenever his dad passed away and then he won the championship on Father's Day, he walks into the locker room, lays oh, down and starts crying. Man. And Kills my spirit. The dude that was his little brother. What what um what broke what broke me was um the day it happened, it was like you know, finding out a couple hours later and you're still finding all the sources and pieces together of like what actually happened. Like you're then you find out his daughter was on the helicopter. Yeah. Then you find out there you're, was other families on the helicopter. I mean it's just And you and you're sitting about, in your room you're sitting in your room and you're just wondering, you're like, 
like what the hell just happened yeah. like you uh you spoke about his speeches you look- and everything and i remember it was it i think it was the same week they did that that ceremony um the lakers put something on their their twitter feed and that's where i found that that clip i put i ended up putting on my twitter and my snapchat and it was uh actually hang on let me see it was the uh when he did the documentary not the documentary but the um the video clip of him retiring and he ended it like this Oh, I remember that. Killed me, killed wow. my spirit. I, 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 that's that's one. That's the one sports moment. There's only been one sports moment where I've actually cried. I wasn't like bawling or nothing, but I actually had a tear rolling down my face. I can remember that. Was was hearing uh, Kobe I, I, himself say "Love you always, Kobe." Like it, it still shakes me right now because it just it 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 almost physically hurt me. And I wasn't even that big of a football, or not football, uh, basketball fan. And it just hey, it spilled spe- my spirit. But with you saying that, Blake, um, you know, like, there's obviously a lot more things in life bigger than sports. And, you know, it's a lot more, there's a lot more stuff important than that. When, Co- when he, when, oh my God, it still hurts. When he passed away, I was in my room, I'm just thinking, you know, there, there's a bunch of thoughts just going through my head. You know, there's thoughts where it's like, wow, like if that if a helicopter crash could happen to Kobe and his second oldest daughter, you know, you just got to start loving people more. Like that's more important to sports. Like Kobe was more important to sports. Kobe, Kobe was honestly going to have a better life out of sports than his 20 year career with the Lakers be, just because of the person Kobe was. What I'm saying is, um, if Kobe's death did not change you in a in, mental in the way, way, in the smallest way, if it did, it makes even, you realize that nothing's guaranteed in this world. He did not wake up, him and his daughter did not wake up th- thinking that they were going to die. You know, his yeah. wife did and not that, wake and up. And that's thinking one this other was the last thing time too. She was going to see her husband and her daughter. You know, think about so, like think about somebody like Kobe who woke up at four o'clock in the morning every single day twerk on his craft for the game of basketball so he could one day make it and make millions and keep his family set for life and then you work so hard and then like something tragic like that happens to you in a, in an instant you, you it's not something like a disease that comes on and you you've got time, you got to time. make yeah. amends mm-hmm. or start giving out to the community like it's it a, just it's happens an instant thing and that that's what even showed better was that like in an instant like that he didn't have no time to reconcile not that he needed any um, no time to reconcile, no time to mend anything. Like he, he, he passed away in an instant, and still left a, a, a legacy that will last forever. Mm-hmm. And with that touching, being said, real quick, touching on the thing you said, Blake, about like, you know, not being able to make amends and stuff like that. I mean, that's something that probably Shaq deals with a lot. You know, because they had a couple of like interviews and stuff with each other afterwards, but they their their relationship in in Los Angeles didn't end the exact way they wanted it to, and they had a and little that's... bit of time. But even Shaq went on and said that he had texted, or that Kobe had texted his son Sharif about basketball, like literally the same morning. You know, Man. like Shaq and like Shaq couldn't didn't get to talk to he. I think like he hadn't talked to him in like a month or two or something like that. And you you don't realize like even if it's not Kobe, you know if one of, if I mean you guys are my brothers I love y'all to death if something happened to y'all, 
and like we weren't talking for a little bit and we got distant. I mean, I talk to y'all every day, but you know, one day we're all going to grow up. We're going to get a family. Um, and life's going to get in the way. And I think that everybody, that should be a lesson to everybody. You don't let life get in the way of the things that truly matter in this world. And that's relationships with people, you know? That's just something I wanted to say. And the one thing, too, I wanted to point out what you said earlier was, like you said, think about what Shaq and Rick Fox and Lamar Odom, Paul Gasol, like, people that were, like, actually close to Kobe. Like, Kobe was close to us because we looked up to him as, like, one of the greatest sports icons of all time. We'd, we'd see him on TV every day. Think these, about these if guys Kobe saw him in person nearly every day. Saw his family. Years. Like, think his about, kids call, him, about, call Shaq Uncle Shaq and stuff like that. And then you just lose him the next day without even knowing and just gone like that. Yeah. That's, that's a feeling I never want to have to have. And I like and it sadly, can't, it can't be going easy to Shaq or, or Jordan. So no. the point of this topic is um, if you have any problems with anybody, Reconcile. just get over that shit. Just fucking stop. If, if you're at the point where you still want to argue with anybody, like just stop, man. Just because you, you don't know when somebody's going to go one day because it's just going to happen out of nowhere. So just make every day fulfillment of your life every single day do what you do do what you love strive to be a better person every day um, that's greatness. all i gotta say about that i know it's crazy about that we went from uh nike and kobe ending their terms to a whole life story about kobe yeah well it's hard not which to I, it's hard not to which i'm not guy. mad about because the kobe podcast was probably in the futures anyway oh just yeah. a whole episode about him so we got that out of the way Oh, i'm ready for that we still need to do um, that <laughs> So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and switch it over to our last topic of the night. Um, boys, I got to say, um, Steph Curry just broke Kobe Bryant's record of the most games in a row with 30 points or more. That's crazy. With by, 11 by games a in a row. By a 33-year-old. Let's, I will say this he, quickly about Steph Kobe Curry. Did, had like a month where he was dropping averaging 40 a game whenever he was like 20. God. Facts. With that being said, if the Warriors weren't so – if the Warriors weren't in a, such a dumpster fire and they still had Klay <laughs> Thompson on the team and Clay Th- or Klay Thompson didn't suffer any injuries, Steph Curry would probably be front runner for MVP right now. Man. And the sad Steph, thing is he's not going to win it because of his team. Exactly. He's but not if going you go to. off most valuable player, if you took Steph Curry off the Warriors right now, they would maybe have five or six games. One. They would be the they worst team went, in the NBA. They, they honestly probably wouldn't win any games. I, I feel mean, like. Cause I feel like. If, cause if Curry's got, doing I mean, all of this, then how are they not winning more? It, ha- it just shows how bad his team is. And you can yeah. say that, oh, well, Joel and beating the Sixers are the first seed. And you can say that Jokic is having an amazing season, which he is. Steph Curry's my MVP. Steph, I think, no, Steph I'm also Cur- biased, but Steph Curry win. has been the best basketball player in the league the past like ten days, honestly. He's been the best basketball player in the league the past month. His freaking this this stretch he's been on is insane. Now, okay, hey, hey, Eric, do y'all, y'all you- want to hear what SportsCenter just tweeted yeah, a couple ahead, hours ago? Oh boy. Yeah. Steph Curry has six games. Oh, I saw this. With ten plus threes or more this year alone. 
No other player has more than five in their career. Career. God. Steph Curry has done God. one more in an entire season than some of the players have done their entire career. That is God. fucking insane. Not even, not, not even this season. This season's not even over. It's oh, it's a little it's about to be three quarters of the way. He's done mm-hmm. it in three quarters of a season. You know, this and dude was I'm getting, not this dude was getting MVP chance in Philly. <laughs> Philly was giving him MVP chance, and they have an MVP one of the MVP front runners. <laughs> And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Steph Curry has made like 72 three-pointers the last 10 games he's played. Yeah, Steph Curry now has yeah. more than 70 career – or no, 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 excuse me. Now has more than 73s over his last 10 games. So that's averaging God. seven threes a game, basically. God. So I'm going to – He's the best shooter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steer off just a little bit, just a little bit. Eric, I know you'll probably like this fact a lot. It's not really a fact as so much as it's an opinion. I was on Twitter, and I came across a tweet that someone had... Actually, no, you, you retweeted it. Um, the whole 2019 um, LeBron criticized for not making the playoffs. 2021 mm-hmm. Curry pra- praised for missing the playoffs. What, what's, what's your take on that? Because I, I saw that, and it actually blew my mind. I was like, wow, that's, that's actually kind of true. And the fact that um, somebody wait, were you, t- said, wait, were you talk? Were you referring? Uh, hold on, let me see if I can look it up real quick. It, sh- it should it, be. Uh, it should be. It's pretty recent. I'm uh, gonna throw something in just to make, just to go ahead. Just yeah, to say. yeah. Go ahead. And throw LeBron something in went to the Lakers. He went to the Lakers. Steph Curry was on the Warriors and just had his team obliterated. Like he just had Clay Thompson go down. KD left. Like I mean, he had everything stacked against him. Steph Curry's just in the situation that he's in. LeBron went to that situation. That's not on Curry. But That's as much as it on LeBron. The big, the big point that I didn't bring up that someone quoted it and said, and LeBron was injured a huge part of the season. LeBron was injured for most of the 19 season. Yeah, he had a groin and He injury. got criticized for not making the playoffs, but in 2021, Curry gets praised for missing the playoffs. And I don't mean, yeah, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't mean any disrespect for Curry. Right. But it's just, it's weird how, how these standards are. And it's also because LeBron's in the goat conversation, and Curry's never going to be. It's easy to, it's easy to not critique somebody when they're, you know, Steph Curry's a guy that everybody can love. But yeah, also, LeBron's what, not peop- because what people, people need to realize just hate him because he's close to Jordan, which is just a sad truth. What people need to realize about Steph Curry is, I will admit to myself, I'm a little bit of a Steph Curry hater because he is so good. But what everybody needs to realize is this could possibly be the best basketball Steph Curry is ever going to play. And it sucks that that's the I team don't, he's got I know to it sucks with. because the Warriors are really such a bad team right now. But if you have a chance to watch a Golden State game at any time of your throughout your week, if you have an opportunity to watch a Golden State Warriors basketball game, you got to go watch a Golden State Warriors basketball game because that might be the best sir, Steph Curry you will ever witness in your entire life. I get almost 100% guarantee it. That would be the best Steph Curry you'll see in a minute. The, the dude that just that is my take on that. I think Steph Curry is hooping right now. And, and Golden State still sucks, unfortunately. That's what that's what ruins it almost. Like it'd be 
it'd be one thing if Steph Curry was doing so good like he is now, and then Golden State was, you know, like on a 10 and a run or something. They're 500, like that. bro. They're not even that far out of the playoffs. They're so, they're a game behind. They're a game behind the Grizzlies, who are the eighth seed, and they're. I'm sorry. They only have less loss, or they have more losses than the Grizzlies. They have the same amount of wins, and they're one game behind the Mavericks and two games, three games behind the Trailblazers. And you know, I mean, it's not they. They could end up being the fifth seed. They and really the thing could. With the, and the, the thing the with the NBA the playoffs, the thing with the NBA playoffs, it's very easy to get in the playoffs. I feel like in the NBA, because fifty-four percent of the league goes to the playoffs every single season. You just got to be in the top eight or top nine in your conference. So yeah, if, I'm, if you I'm put them in the wet, if you put them in the East, they would be in the playoffs at the as the eight seed. Wow. Okay. So Gold State is twenty nine and twenty nine. That's not bad yeah. for only having Steph Curry alone. That's I honestly mean, not too the terrible. The Seventy Sixers have ten more wins, which is a lot, but they're also not without their second best player. They have Ben Simmons. You know, you look at the uh, now the the Nuggets, if. Jokic keeps, keeps balling, and they become the third or second seed without. Oh, Jokic Jamal is Murray. part of our MVP right now. Easily, if they're if but if he gets second or third seed and keeps putting up the stats he's putting up without Jamal Murray, then he has a really good case. And oh he's yeah, he's putting he, up uh, good stat, good enough stats if, to be it. I just think what Steph you just carrying more. What you just said, Don, if that exactly happens for the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic will win MVP 100. percent And he There's, should. There, he should. It's, it's just gonna happen. Maybe, maybe if Denver, let's say if Denver sucks the next month and Philadelphia starts to be, and Joel Embiid starts to take over, like really take over again like he did at some point earlier this year. So yeah, at this point, I feel like it's, it's either going to be between like Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic probably. If he makes know. the playoffs as a, the chances of him becoming a four seed because there's only what? How many games are left? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, I was gonna say they've thirteen. They played a decent amount left. so far. There's fourteen games left. He has the Wizards, he has the Nuggets, the Kings, the Mavericks. Two of those are playoff teams. The Timberwolves, the Rockets, the Pelicans twice, the Thunder twice, the first seed Jazz, then the second seed Suns, the Pelicans one more time, and then the AC Grizzlies. Who? So he has a pretty. I mean, it's it's. So they still hard. it's still possible. If he for went State ten and four, it. if he went ten and four in this home stretch, or this home stretch, this stretch, the home stretch. I was of saying, damn, season, they got fourteen that'd games. That'd be hard not home? to give Holy him that. Holy shit! <laughs> no, wow, no, he, ain't got, he ain't got fourteen games in a row, but just these are the next fourteen games they play. The season ends on May sixteenth. So what? You, so what you're saying is, if Steph Curry plays his best basketball. And they win. They have to win. Like he has to make the playoffs. And they go. And like you said, if they do go ten and four the next fourteen games, if Steph Curry is balling out like he is now, then you think there's a possible chance he might be front runner for MVP? I don't know about front runner, but he deserves some votes. Because we're saying because the Nuggets like losing Jamal Murray is a big loss, and you know we're talking about front runners for MVP here. Let's say it. Let's say if the Nuggets lose in the first round of the playoffs to like. You know, I don't know. Whenever they figure out the playoff brackets later on, let's say let's say they play for the Suns, they get eliminated by the Suns in the first round. But the Warriors go into the divisional round, and like Steph Curry is like playing his best, maybe better basketball than he is right now. 
then there's still pro possibly a slight chance Steph Curry might. The only problem just I have with might that, win MVP again. The only problem just I have might. with that is it's a regular season award, so you can't go off of playoff success. Yeah, that. Yeah, you know, even that, though it's that, voted after the conference finals or during the conference finals, it's not. It's the season. Unfair. Yeah, I it's do unfair. get that. It's a regular yeah, season it award. Is. It is. It is. But if he God, goes 10-4 really, and, really and he's averaging like 35, 36 points a game for the rest of the season, like what's what's Curry averaging right now? Uh, He has to be averaging 30 points a game or at least like 28. Okay. He's averaging 34 points a game or 31 points <laughs> a game on 34 minutes. I'm sorry. He's shooting almost 50% from the field. He's shooting 43 okay. from three-point range. He's averaging five and a half rebounds and 5.9 assists, 1.2 steals. That those are some good ass numbers. I mean, now let those me look up are Jokic. some good ass numbers. Now let me look up Jokic and just see what's the what's the difference. Okay, so Jokic okay, is I'm gonna do the same thing as you. Twenty six point four. Yeah. On fifty six percent and forty one from three, but he has eleven rebounds and eight assists a game. So wow, he's almost averaging a triple double as a center. As an unathletic center. To be fair, but Curry's that, also averaging four, almost five more points a game. Like Jokic, Jokic could looks like he could barely move on the floor, but he makes it look so easy out there with his length. Yeah. He just makes it look so good. Honestly, I feel like I feel like Denver would probably just be okay if they just ran Nikola Jokic as their point guard. And like once he dribbled it down court, just make him make him go in the paint and let him. Work and then if you look the at Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid's averaging almost 30. He's averaging 29.9 on 51%, but he has 11.2 rebounds. The only thing he falls Jokic or falls to Jokic in is assist. Uh, he has 3.1 instead of Jokic's 8.8. Mm, so, wow. If you look at Jokic's stats, it's hard to say he's not, but if I, I go off an eye test more of whose team would hurt worse. If Jamal Murray wouldn't have got hurt, and they still had Jamal uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and all these guys. The Nuggets would still be a decent team if you took, or like it's the same. That's why like the MVP is so hard to judge every year. Because let's be honest, the past ten years LeBron should win it every year because he's the most valuable player. If you took LeBron off any team, they're probably not a playoff team and they're definitely not making the finals. So it's hard to say that, you know, they're just you. You can't just give it to the best player and there's voter fatigue too. Like, people aren't going to keep voting for the same guy. They want to see other people win it, you know? I don't exactly. Know. It's, just, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do, but I don't know. That's just my take. I oh, Steph also, here's, a, here's another interesting stat that I just pulled up. Steph Curry is the first player since Wilt to average 40 points per game on 50% field goal shooting through 10 games in a month. Steph Curry, if you're putting up, didn't do that when Kobe let's just say, let's just say this. If you're putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers, like Wilt Chamberlain numbers, you're doing something really fucking amazing. Because Wilt Chamberlain stuffed the stat sheet. That's what literally Wilt Chamberlain did his entire career was stuff the shat, the staff sheet or the, uh, the stat sheet. I said the staff sheet. I literally sound like a dumbass, but it's okay. <laughs> The stat sheet. We're going to go with stat sheet. So, yeah, st st that's my take on that. Steph Curry's playing the best basketball of his life. And, honestly, 
I think that's going to wrap it up for tonight, honestly. Really quick, can I, I touch on one thing I just pulled up? Just another co- another thing just praise Kobe for. When Kobe yeah. Bryant scored 53 points in a Lakers overtime loss to the Rockets, he finished the month of March with a scoring average of 40.4 points per game. Bryant is the only God. player in the last 40 years to average 40 points a game for an entire month, minimum five games, and he did it four times. He did it in – he averaged 40.6 in February 2003, 43.4 in January 2006, and 41.6 in April 2006. Jeez. That is absolutely insane. Yeah. One more one more take on that. Didn't, like, Steve Nash win MVP that year too? Yes, I think so. He beat, he beat Shaq one up. year, and Shaq, and Shaq should have won it. And then Kobe – I don't know. I don't know if that's the year – that might have been the year Kobe won MVP. When did Kobe win? Did he win in 2006? Hold on. He only won one MVP, which is a shame. Go ahead. And uh, yeah, 2005, 2006. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Hold on. Because Steve Nash won two in a row. He should have won more than more. Yeah, he did, and he shouldn't have. Many believe he should have won more, and during the 2005-2006 season, he was robbed of the award because he was having this almost like 35, 36 points a game for a season. But... He, I don't know when he won it, but I agree with uh, Eric. Unless Blake has anything to add, no, I think I think it's a it's a good I think that's a good note to wrap up on. Is a, is a Kobe point? I think that's that's a that's a great way to, to end it. It's always okay, you that... can't not love Kobe, you know. I mean, you can, oh. but you're a bum if you do. <laughs> well, alrighties, ladies and Jets. Um, this is your third. Sports podcast with DEB Sports with Dalton Corbett, Eric Meekum, and Blake Long. Um, it's been a hell of an adventure so far. Um, you know, we were a little, we were slacking a little bit last week. Uh, did it on a Friday, and now we're doing our third episode on Tuesday. We're going to try to do it every back Tuesday, like Blake said last week. Um, yeah, once we get all on the same schedule, you know, we're going to be putting this out, putting our content out, and, you know, we're only going to get better. And, that's all I got to say. Dalton, you ready to send us out? I'm ready to send us out, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm.